Hi, I'm George Lynch, Legendary Gear Game Call Company. It's Legend by Design. Welcome back for part two here as we're going to talk about our exciting morning's hunt up in Saskatchewan. Well, day three was the most challenging morning yet. We're sitting here in the biggest field that uh, we've found with the most uh, geese that that have been coming to a field. It was one of my favorite fields to hunt. It was a pea field. And uh, Blair Mitchell, a good friend of uh, B. Latane's and, and up there had gotten a hold of us. And he's part of the this mob, this mo or, uh, slob mob group. And uh, anyway, he had this field. He was up there guiding bear hunters. And uh, so we were in this field that he had picked up and we got in there. And, and again, we, we had probably eight guys, eight guys in, in a five blind limit. But um, when, with the dog, I think we hunted with one dog that morning. But, uh, you know, the guys thought that there was, and there was some low power lines that was there. Um, again, but these geese automatically, we had the first group that morning when it was still, you know, the sun hadn't made its pre presence that much. Uh, and I first thought they were snow geese. This is how you squeak. And then when I looked up, they were honkers. And, and you know, I don't know if they're a true cackler, if it's just a form of a, a Richardson goose. But uh, the first group, they were the, they were so tiny. And I think we ripped uh, eight out of the 11 that came in there pretty good. And uh, I know that my wife and I shot one. And, and basically, I, I kept those uh, back. Uh, they were in beautiful condition. Now, I probably didn't shoot those. Because if I did, mine were probably the ones that had heads missing. But I figured these either died of heart attack or, you know, might have been a stray bullet. So it could have been Don, Greg, or B. So it's one of those. But the, they're pretty good. At, you always hunt with buddies. That they, The one pellet kind of guy, that he gets a one pellet and the bird, and nobody wants to mount it. Usually he he produces the best mounters. So uh, now nah, just busting their tails. But um, no, we did get a couple. We stayed back out of that group. Diane and I are going to get mounted up, and and just a, a goose that you don't see here in Iowa. But um, that group it came in pretty good. But after that, you know, we, we didn't have a, a, a strong wind, and in fact, we didn't. The wind just kept getting less and less, and uh, the birds just got tougher and tougher. Then they came in where you got those big groups of birds, and with no wind, they just started. You know, it, they were still trying to set up kind of in a J, um, a loose J uh, setup, um, but more with a straight line, um, the, the, you know, with a, a soft curve. It just, it, it the, the geese were, by doing this, we were putting this kind of like this, hunting with the blind here. We were hunting the, a crosswind that was coming in. So these birds were coming in and, and hooking in good until the, the sun started coming up. And the higher the sun came, again, you got that. Now the blind is, is, and it was constantly going like this, making it tough. Um, you know, when again, like I said, when there's when you've got a ton of geese in the field, um, you got to pick. You know, are we not going to shoot any of them, or are we going to pick a group and and we call it? Um, and again, you remind everybody that we're, you know, we got to get these, we got to get these on camera. And it's totally, which is a total different game. And it's tough on the guy in the end when he's got two honkers sitting on the ground 10 feet in front of him. And, you know, we're working a group and he's just salivating and, and, and stuff. It could be tough. 
but again, you know, we were trying to get everything up in the in the camera. But when you got that many birds and there's no wind, so you got birds that lit just on the ground walking to your right, but nobody can shoot over here. And you know, we had birds that would that come straight over the blind. But you know, when you got that many people and you don't want people turning and crisscrossing, it's just you know, everything has to be two o'clock and ten o'clock out here. So it, it's actually, that's a huge challenge that people don't realize. So either you choose that you, you shut up like no one's home and let them go and, and decide, you know, and start flagging and, and getting some pulling back. Um, to me, it's a twofold deal because if, if they are pulling off of you and when the major group starts coming, you know, and you got a few down here, but then you look about 80 yards down, you know, there's 50, 70, 80, 100 birds. And now you're starting to see birds pull over there. Um, at that situation right there, if I get a flock, it, it's coming in and, and folding in good. Before I let that pile up over there, you see that's going to pull. You know, we'll, we'll at least try to get one and maybe two um, action shots. You know, you can, if you get the ones that are coming up in the gut and they're hitting it good, um, stay on those work on those and, and, and to me again i'm going to stay on those birds all the way that little good soft stuff gets getting those birds to finish walking in. I'm not running 90 miles an hour because I'm not trying to pull other geese, you know, because you don't want to keep, well, these ones are in there. Oh, here these come. Make that mind up. We're going to smoke these. We'll shoot them. We get them in, you know, and then through the blasting, if I can get another, uh, which makes great footage. Now, if I can scream, which we did a couple times, got back on the call and started screaming, uh, hitting that fast stuff. And that fast stuff, when I'm trying to, and birds are trying to come back, I'm hitting a spit moan and a, and a fast. And that's the stuff I'm trying to hit uh, with the fast stuff, you know, to get those geese to turn. And, and on that fast stuff, again, you want to stay on that all the way if you're the last guy picking the gun up but you're the last guy because it's about getting them birds right to the, to me it's always at you know the high is seeing the birds coming in and that second high is that challenge of picking that exact moment that you're going to call it that it's that timing and we always want to be able to pride ourselves that wow you called those perfect you don't want to be the guy oh you called it too soon or i oh, did we should have called it just a little bit quicker you know you always like that 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 was perfect so that's to me is the second high picking that especially when they're working and you got different groups working but finally the one you're wanting to come in and it's funny because you could have guys man dude i got three on the ground to my right and it's like nope the only thing that matters to me is those four or six that i've been working on there you know give me another five seconds it's going to be done and um i think that should, that's another podcast on its own we'll call it give me another five seconds because that's sometimes the difference of someone jumping up and shooting too soon and uh, you know um 
almost there, but not quite in 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 terms of the 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 situation, you know, to a to a rougher situation, and which is just as bad the five seconds too late. Um, because usually they're gone and then only you know, you're trying to get everybody shooting and all you think they're gonna once the shooting starts, they're gonna pop back with the wind and all of a sudden these go the opposite way and, and nobody on the on the right is shooting. So that, you know, it's all part of the game, but it's actually some of the stuff that just like I said, watching the birds work and then the second high is being able to pick that precise moment. And that comes with practice. And there's still some times that uh not too often. But, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it's not calling one too soon. It might be because um, I'm so focused on another group, which happened, you know, several times. I was focusing on other birds and the guys would have, you know, five or six that lit to my right. Those were, those birds were oblivious to me unless they're, um, you know, I'll be looking the sky in case there's another good sized flock that might be bigger here that's cupping and doing it. You know, that's what you're going to watch and you can do, watch all that. But uh, the ones that are three or four that hit the ground, you really you're you're oblivious to that, and 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 if it didn't work, and and they do kind of pull up on you, which was if we had anything because you'd see the geese wanting to come, and again I talked about a degree angle when they're first coming, you see them, you flag, and they start coming. You know if they're up there about eighty, hundred yards. Well, as they're getting closer, the 80, 100 yards should be, should be turning into 70, should be turning into 50, you know, and that's called the, the drop a degree of angle. And if that isn't happening, I'm, I'm watching that. So you got two, two uh, things you can do. I can start calling and, and uh, running a call and see if I can get them to set up, which I'm thinking that if you just wait, uh, to me, we have uh, I have higher success of turning birds that are not dropping that degree of angle. Basically, means that they were flying over high. They're cautious, not quite sure that the you know whether this is where they want to come. There's not been enough enticement, and you know so when they're interested, when they'll drop and they'll swing because their eyes are at the side of their head. When they're swinging sideways and and doing that circle, that's when they're they're really looking over the spread. And then you got a great chance of getting birds uh, the rest of the way. If you keep everybody concealed, the decoys look good. And then you just on that call, you know, hit that precise note and the precise moment and, and work those in to, to you shoot them. And usually I'm staying again, everything I stay on the call. The reason I'm saying this, guys, um, this it's works early in the season. But let me tell you, Gisa, who start from all the way to Saskatchewan, who make it to North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, to Iowa. Uh, then you, you're talking Missouri and Louisiana and Arkansas and, and Mississippi. They, they, they've seen a few times they've been, um, you know, lucky if, if they've been able to live. But I'm sure that they've come into a, a decoy spread probably once or twice, at least on each bird on their flight down Um through the migration, unless they're, they're set with a bunch of birds that are strictly, strictly uh, refuge birds that fly from refuge to refuge, but they're just, they're going to pass through in, in that high migration. And, and uh, if we got birds here to hold them, that's great. So the no wind deal is what we faced. And um, the calling was, you know, people said, you know, what, you know, and I've ran basically the two different calling styles. Um, that we were that I was running, and like I said, I had a high success rate bringing birds in. Birds that were high, we had high birds. We had birds that were low. We had birds that got shot in, called back in. We had birds when everybody was out of the blind, 
and uh, we filmed i wanted to get it filmed but we i had a group uh, kind of circle then i pulled the loner uh one of them not he was a loner he wasn't with them but i pulled one off and and he slid right into right into the pile of decoys coming up and he dropped in but uh it was uh it was interesting but uh, let me show you this is our blind we were sitting out there this is uh, again we were trying to run like an arc and then that wind kept switching on us in different places but those geese definitely were hovering over the blind we just didn't have any wind and so when i get something like this what i like to do is it's it's an x call it the x factor of the x blind see how the x will go through the blind but actually i'm setting decoys at 12 o'clock three o'clock six o'clock and nine o'clock uh, from my blind and what i do i like to get out here and you know you can have 15 20 two dozen whatever you want if you want to put two dozen on each end i might go which the or the spot say if we uh like i said we're, we're going to sit here and i'm going to try to get most of my shooting out here with me and my clients we're sitting in here you know you can face any direction here but i'm going to try to fill this up the most you know leave a little bit behind the blind fill this up the most this i'll probably put the least amount i'll open this up a little bit i'll keep this right here this is what will happen with no wind you can get a lot of times these birds will just they'll come over and crisscross over something and land not not everybody might have the shots but you know you're going to get some good shooting you just have to move the camera but uh you know i call it the x factor x goes through the blind decoys 12 3 6 and 9 and what i like to do is you know i like to put my decoys out here i'll have the furthest one at, at 30 yards and just kind of spray you can put them in family groups here and kind of scatter them but i, I really want to, this is what you got three different spots here you're trying to get the birds you know so you see each one gives come more of a an opportunity with that with there's no wind if you set up a j or something they got no wind they could pull off that one line and just keep going and circle out there at 50 yards behind you and what i'm just trying to do is open up a lot more different sources great setup guys when there's no wind the only other thing that uh on a no wind or if you happen to be hunting the fence row standing corn you can see that my wife's artwork is amazing but if uh, we're hunting with a crosswind i'll run that loose jay just like this maybe taper and move this it depends on the geese if the wind's going this way let's say the birds are wanting to come in this way and i'm going to lower see how that wind's going i'm going to lower that out if the birds are pulling out now we can hide two things um if the birds are coming in here and, and what the they're tailing, tailing up and staying up you can keep the blind in the corn and you're just you know with this setup right here you're just pinching birds in here got a good chance if uh they were staying away from the blind and working like i said you can always move this in and out and uh, set the blinds up according you know up here if i were if the birds were kind of tailing out i could actually would open this set here and lay my blinds and hunters so you know and that but again this is advantage if you're hunting with you know four or five guys when you're hunting 10 or 15 guys you better just line them up it's the militia, Michigan militia in the, the cornfield. And I've done that. I've had 12, 15 guys. It's, uh, it's a tough thing, you, you know, when you're hunting standing corn. It's, it's amazing. amazing. You can get away with a lot. 
it's hard to control the safety aspect. That's why I'll, I'll say anybody tells you that, that it's 100% safe. Anytime you talk men and, and guns and, and birds coming in and, and action happen, anything can happen. Now, looking at this fence row, my spread here, this is basically if I'm hunting fence rows or I'm hunting, say if you had a cornfield that uh, is half picked and uh, you, know, you still got standing corn or sometimes if you've got standing corn over wheat stubble, um, you know, we, this is the same either way. Um, I call it fence row and stuff like that. But, you know, if I'm sitting in, in a fence, fence row, row, I'll basically, um, and now this is a fence row with both field on both sides. Same, I had a crosswind that was coming through here, or the crosswind's going this way. You can see how I'd set up the spread. The spread's going to be a loose J. It's going to go upwind. We're going to start the hook from upwind. It's going to angle out. My whole time, my furthest decoys that I'm setting on this, I'm going to try to have 30, and maybe at the end of the tail, uh, as you're dragging down the spread, the arm comes out. You know, my insides are going to be 30 yards. And then you can set the outside, you know, a little further if you want, if you want to get some at 40, but maybe you work in small groups right here. The reason I'm doing that is, you know, on these points right here, if I know that distance 30 yards, anything inside that to me, as long as they're open and they're not super high, if they come in off that deck, anything inside this right here is, is go time. And so it kind of keep it, it helps you keep it. I, I even know the distance from here to here, you know, if you want to put a decoy, down in here somewhere to measure uh at the uh, upwind of the blind of the uh, j frame you can put a decoy out there but it's you know use your range finder but that way kind of keeping an idea um on my distance of the geese and same way if i had a backwind and we went with that v out here i know what that furthest decoy right here is going to be on each side Good point, and that way when birds are coming in, you know, it's going to help give you a guideline, you know, if, if you uh, want to, and there's nothing wrong if you take that 40 and 50 yard shot, and usually that, and because that's going to happen if you have birds coming in, you shoot two geese and you go to the third one, and, um, you know, he might be out there 40, 50 yards, but, or a bird that got hit, you know, you're definitely going to, that third shot, you're going to take, I mean, I am at 50 yards, I'm going to, I'm going to still shoot, but that wasn't my um, beginning. It wasn't my judgment to start the shooting, if you understand. So, you know, I won't shoot 50 yards just to get a shot, but I'll shoot 50 yards in my, in my, my sequence. And uh, that makes sense. So pretty much at, uh, we'll go over a little bit of the guys and hunting with dogs up there. Uh, here's one dogs to me. It's a personal thing, you, you know, Phil Robertson once said, you know, you can talk about a man's woman, talk about his call, you can talk about his dog, you got to fight. And um, there's probably a lot of truth to that, but uh, everybody loves their dog and everybody wants to uh, to uh, be out there and share it with Fido, and which is a great thing. And I've had some great dogs in my time. I've been blessed to, to have some great ones. And, um, but anyway, um, there's, but there's, there's a, if you want to do that, and here's my philosophy on that. I mean, a well-trained dog is a must, you know, to me, if you're hunting water and as a helper and, and you know, that to me, the dog is, is just, you know, I, my well-trained dog went everywhere with me, but definitely when you're hunting water, he was, that's where his, he shined in his best implement, implementation of his, you know, being as a tool, being able to swim out there and, and bring things back. Now hunting in the field, with my dog, uh, between my dog and I, 
I could send him and and he was a hundred percent on command and so when I'm out there I can be when it gets Russian in the rush of things and you don't know how much time you got in between spreads you know two guys working a guy gets his dog he's going after the local geese he's sending his dog on the far geese and as the dog's coming back he you know he's able to pick, uh, pick up birds that within that 30 yards that died so he's helping the dog pick up but you know and if there's more birds out there no matter where he's at he can resend your dog you line him up and that right there is a great tool and you know the number one thing uh, before he even gets there, he's got a Fido needs to stay there and he has to be in his blind until I send him. And no breaking and, and no running and the decoys and stuff. And it's just, it's all about a control. And to get that way, you got to spend hours with your dog before season. You know, you never train a child in, in a baseball game. Uh, you, you know, the game is a, everything he learned in practice. And then the game is to execute what he knows, what he already knows. It's hard to learn and, and, and putting the pressure on. Dogs are the same way. So, you know, my dogs, everything they did was repetitive. They did it. So when, when we were in the field, it was just another day for the dog. And it, once it becomes repetitive, but every day you got to be consistent, telling your family in the same commands. They got to say the same words you do, and they got to react the same way. Um, but... Um, that's how you you know you got to have a great dog if you don't have a good dog and hunt in the field then you got you know if you have plenty of guys then you make use of your guys getting birds and then you have markers if you want to keep reminding each other hey we've got one over there 12 o'clock he's about 400 yards out there glider you know you're going to have that and always have that marker and, and then if you have to take time and want to count guy can make a truck run he can go over there and make a quick sweep um that a lot of times is quicker than you know when it's hot and heavy and and you get a group of birds if i got birds still in the air i'm gonna you know let, let everything play out um some people believe you know that that goose rolled over um you know there's one with the belly up one belly up when they're coming hard i don't think it even matters they're going to come in either way um but when when you're out there and, and 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 you're chasing a dog or the dog hasn't come back that's you know the, the, there's a lot of flocks that get uh, oh you got a group you got a group coming well he's still out in the blind and you can tell that as you're calling because you know someone will tell me birds and i'll start calling and i can tell right away they're not responding uh, well, what's going on well you know this guy's out uh out of the blind he he's got his dog he was getting something back here so you know you can see what i'm saying setting up in a field and, and stuff it's it, to me it's a well-trained dog and also it have to be with people i truly trust because people that when i guide in in, in my old younger, younger days, days they, they always hey man i heard you had an amazing dog how come he's not hunting with us this morning i said because my dog is like my number two son anybody shot him i, I wouldn't be leaving the blind so my dog doesn't hunt with he's like my son he doesn't hunt with people i don't know and until i get to know you guys then that, that dog's pretty special to me, and that dog will do everything I tell him. He just—I'm not gonna have somebody shoot him. But uh, anyway, that—that's uh, my kind of a dog. You know, you make sure that. And the point I was gonna say earlier, when you're got, when you're gonna hunt and you're taking a young dog like that before he gets to that stage, you know, you got to make sure the dog can and handle guns. And the worst thing is if you never introduce a dog to guns and you take his first time it's going to be with five seven guys right behind him and they're all lighting up and you got he's like holy crap 
you know, that's going to overwhelm the dog. It's going to freak him out. I have a method that, you know, I, I like to do. I was talking to Mike Friesen on his show the other night that, you know, his dog will go and not pick up a bird. And, you know, all dogs are birdie. He, and he'll pick it up. He just needs to pick it up when he's told to pick it up. And there's a little things that that's where, you know, I'm not big on the, on, you know, field trial, which, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, you know, to me, a dog, an animal, he must have every command uh, before he hits the field. So he doesn't have to hunt to get that part. But every command he's got to know, he's got to know sit, stay. And then he's got to know, you know, back and, and to fetch. He's got to know that and, and to bring it back. If he's struggling, he has to bring it back. Like I said, if you're hunting and you're hunting with you know with other people or if you had clients, you're going to make sure that, you know what, I'm going to heal the dog up as quick as I can. I'm not going to stay out there and, and try to make him force, you know, picking up again. That's got to come in practice when there's another people there. He's got to take his time. But when the when it's go time, just go ahead and pick up the bird, bring the dog back, getting birdie as he's coming back. Just praise him. Always praise him in the field. Don't correct him and, and come unglued. Like Sergeant Carter, when the dog's his first time out in the field, you know, he, he's just trying to learn everything. Everything's new. You accept that, and, and you just kind of praise it, keep it a positive thing. But um, what I like to do is, you know, I'll get a bird. We take pigeons. We take doves. You cut part of the wing off, and, and they can't fly away. But you take that, and, you know, the dogs are birdie anyway, and you keep rubbing that bird in his face. And, and then uh, we'll take the dog, and, and I'll take a handler, and the dog will probably go 50 yards from me. And then I'll have a person off to my side, and we'll be on bird, 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 and I'll throw the bird up, and I'll shoot the gun in the air. But once it, I'll watch, and but I won't shoot the gun. Here's here's a, a, a critical thing, and I'll tell you when. And if you're healing the dog, how to tell? And uh, I've learned this a long time ago. I watched it through Buck, and it's absolutely true. So if I'm watching out there and you're, you're sending your dog, your dog and how they pant, they'll pant with their mouth open. That's if he's just sitting there, he's looking around. If I'm wanting him to know that he's, when I'm telling him to, you know, to mark, mark, when I know that he's picked up that mark, is you'll watch him panting. As soon as he picks up that mark, he'll close his mouth and raise his head. At that moment, that's when I know that the dog has got the mark. And I'll keep yelling, Mark, until we get him to, to that, that point. point. And, and I, that is his confirmation to me. Hey, Dad, I got it. And then you send him back on his name, and, and there he goes. And that takes, uh, you know, again, discipline. And, and you do that, and you got to have that person sitting in the blind. And if you're taking your dog, once you've got him established the guns, now he, he equates guns to retrieving a bird, and he's all birdie, he's all excited about that. So your first time going to hunt, you know, try to keep it to two or three guys. You still don't want a barrage that the dog work his way up, even if it's just one other guy that you're hunting with. You know, this is all about dog training. This isn't about, you know, big piles for social media. Shooting two or three geese, whether it was if I was with 20 guys or by myself, I'm shooting three geese. It's going to be the same exact uh, experience than sitting there and guessing which three you shot. But anyway, um, when, when you're hunting, always... Uh, you have control of the dog. Don't start, start start staking your dog in. A lot of guys believe that the biggest answer, uh, you know, quick, which it probably is in the field, is they'll hurry up and stake that dog down, and, you know, that dog will start learning that, you know, 
I got to be staked down all the time out in the field, and you don't want him to know that. You you don't want to take the time that he's got to be staked down. He needs to learn right right away. So reason I'm saying this, so when the birds come in, you know, this is the, the most important time of your training, and you've done everything good except to the moment where it says cut him. And then you all of a sudden now abandon your dog, grab your shotgun, come up and shoot a bird that you shot many times before. But what you need to be doing is make sure that you're holding your dog. Your gun is safe and you just tell him, stay, 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 stay. And you're reiterating with him and let the guy shoot. And if he starts to get up to him, he'll sit, sit, sit. And you want to do that correction right there before he even gets out of that blind. And when you're teaching him that he doesn't leave that blind until he's told, that is the huge and whether he has the best nose i would take a dog that was more control under command than any dog that had the whole world of skill of beating the greatest hunter but the, the biggest, biggest idiot listened to a, a command you know you, you definitely want to think her on that so anyway those tactics that's what we just my views of talking about hunting with dogs i, don't, I love dogs the dogs are, are huge don't we suddenly say don't, don't you love dogs? dogs i love dogs you know like i said learning to hunt with a dog is, is the greatest experience i was you know when you when every guy knows that when he owns his own dog watching your dog do his retrieve hunting pheasants whatever you know doing that whether you're a pheasant hunter it's always it's like watching your little kid play um is you know hit his first hit off t-ball you know you're just getting excited but um that was the third day. That's everything up in Saskatchewan. Um, again, I want to reach out to B. Latane and Blair Mitchell and, and um, Layden Fiddick, um, Don Walk, Greg Tugood, his son Jacob, uh, all these guys who worked hard. Uh, Rhea Musi, who made me my um, carrot cake, homemade carrot cake and a cram apple pie, I think it was. And um, she made the best pierogies. That's um, big Ukrainian food up there. And the beatniks. That is beatniks, I think they called it. Unbelievable. Ukrainian food so good uh, if they can cook it. And Rhea, uh, Rhea can really cook. And then her son, her husband, Kirby. We got to meet him. They got a, a beautiful little cabin that B took Diana and I uh, mid one day uh, back to looking at the bear bait and and setting out, I think even, the, and it's called the Crooked Tree. The Twisted. Oh, Twisted Tree. Same thing. That's blue and pink. I'm crooked, she says, Twisted. <laughs> no, the Twisted Tree. And what was the story on that, Di? Why did they call it? Did you see the Twisted Tree behind it? Hey, while you say that with your tongue, Twisted Tree behind <laughs> That's <laughs> that a tough a one cool to say. Twisted Tree yeah, I do. Behind the, that's where they got the name. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> very special place yeah. yeah it could be that twisted tree coming out of the back why they called it that but it's beautiful <laughs> um b showed us they have uh, they go up there in the in the winter time so it's way back in and great moose and, and bear spot and and um they go in there and snowmobile snowmobile is a big thing and you know there's they have a good time up there they came over with very good people uh, we had last night there a lot of the farmers and people, relatives to the farmers, they came over our last night, and we celebrated, had a great time, and danced I think we we danced to 80s music till 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you know when you got a bunch of old geeks who are out there dancing to 80s music? 
But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy this. Uh, like I said, reach out to me. Get, send me a, an email, anything you want to know. Anybody want to work on calling, you know, my style is working. Hopefully, we're going to be getting some more of this footage coming from Greg here pretty soon. We'll try to find out the date when this TV show is going to be playing on Wild TV in Canada. And uh, hopefully, it, uh, like I said, you catch this on in the next levels, you know, reading birds, something that you can't learn uh, from a keyboard you gotta be in the field but anyway all you guys out there hunting this week though always remember hunt safe hunt smart may the good lord be your guide peace out well i'll be out there rain shining all a part of the great design bring it on i can never get enough because that's what legends are made of